Hello, everyone. <clears throat> you know, Halloween is a very strange holiday. Personally, I don't understand it. Oh, kids worshiping ghosts, pretending to be devils. Oh, things on TV that are completely inappropriate for younger viewers. Things like the following half hour. Oh, nothing seems to bother my kids, but tonight's show, which I totally wash my hands of, is really scary. So if you have sensitive children, maybe you should tuck them into bed early tonight instead of writing us angry letters tomorrow. Thanks for your attention. Hey guys, I'm Chris. Hey everybody, I'm Robert, and we're the Film Flamers. This is a very special episode of the Film Flamers because it has been quite some time since we have had a top 10 episode. What was our last top 10? I honestly cannot remember. (laughs) It's been that long. It's been a year, I think, at least. One more. Wow. So, yeah. But here we are, again, revisiting a Film Flamers favorite format. That's a lot of Fs. Yeah. Right? Um, and we're doing something that's very like near and dear to my heart. Something that I have been threatening to do since we started this podcast. And probably before. And probably before, honestly. So we are talking about the top 10 best Treehouse of Horror segments. From The Simpsons. That's right. We are doing The Simpsons. Something that I just treasure i think people have actually asked us before like separately too <clears throat> they have and recently too yeah. whenever we mentioned that we were bringing the top 10 back you know at least maybe for a couple months uh we got a couple emails and comments that said treehouse of horror that's right, right. so um so here we are and um as i am the bigger of the simpsons fan i thought you were to say us, as i live and breathe <laughs> as i live and breathe <clears throat> um, I am going to be giving my as I smoke and twerk top ten <laughs> favorites, and I do that often. <laughs> um, I don't even know what I'm doing now. We're counting down. We start with ten. That's right, number ten. It's been so long since we've done this. I didn't even know where to begin. But you're right, ten. So in this top ten, we're talking about segments of the Treehouse of Horror episodes from The Simpsons, yeah. not the episodes themselves. Exactly. So in the show notes. If you look, we will tell you where to go. We will tell you what season and which segment it is so you can quickly follow along if you want to. That's right. We have made this digestible. Yes. For those of you who have not already seen these. And I hope it is my fervent wish that all of y'all have already seen these anyway. No one ever looks at our show notes. I don't think people know what they are. I mean, all you got to do is scroll up a little bit. So... Let's start with number 10. Let's start at the very end, shall we? Let's start at the very ending. (laughs) It's a very good place to start. And my number 10 favorite Treehouse of Horror segment is from season two. It's the final segment of that episode, and it's called The Raven. Right. And this is based on Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven. Right. His poem, right? Yes. Very famous poem. Um, I like this episode. I like this segment a lot. James Earl Jones makes an appearance in every single one of the segments of this season two. And this is the very, very first Treehouse of Horror ever of The Simpsons. It's also kind of the most restrained in a way, right? Because it's very going to that story as read by James Earl Jones. Right. And in this, we have Homer playing the protagonist of the poem and we have Bart playing the pesky raven, right? 
And <clears throat> they literally read the entire poem in this episode with yeah. some like asides because it's um, in this particular Treehouse of Horror stories are being told by the kids in the treehouse. Right. Got the name of it. So Lisa's telling this one, Bart's making fun of it. And Homer is outside of the treehouse, like cringing. Right. Like just listening in and being scared by this poem. Right. And it is just so fucking funny to me. There is so much like, there's so many visual jokes in this particular segment and, and they're, they're doing the best they can with Poe's work, right? And keeping it intact. And James Earl Jones's narration and using Homer to like have the dialogue parts of the poem, right? And Bart is the Raven, obviously. Like, it's just funny. And it just really, really fucking works for me. And it cracks me up every single time. I wonder if we should back up a little bit and just talk about Treehouse of Horror in and of itself. Yeah, right. Because one of the things I love about Treehouse of Horror every time is, and I don't know if they continue doing this for every season, but one thing I noticed almost is like for at least the the first like I want to say like five ten years, they have this opening of like the gravestones, right? And every time it's different, and so like one gravestone might be like subtle political commentary or like (laughs) you know things like that or like TV violence or whatever. I was like, well, that was of its time, you know, and uh, some other some other things just like about what's going on, you know, kind of in the world at that time in the Simpsons for them to kind of crack jokes at what's newly dead concepts even that are dead. Right. And so that's something that I enjoyed every time. You're right. And I think the really good thing about the Treehouse of Horror episodes is that they pay a lot of homage to like past horror, right? They do. It is a a good chance for them to parody all these things, right? And like over the years, and at this point we've had, I don't even know how many seasons of The Simpsons there are. 30 something? Yeah. So we've had at least like 29 to 30 Treehouse of Horror episodes. So like with who knows how many segments, at least two or three for. At least three. Not to mention one to year four, yeah. they had a Treehouse of Horror for Halloween and then it had Treehouse of Horror for Thanksgiving with Thanksgiving horror stories. So, I mean, like, there's Did a lot. Did you include any of those on that? No, I mean. there was one with a, with a fucking turkey. Yeah. No, but that's that's different. That was the, the Great Pumpkin one, which is coming up, right? So, but yeah, I mean, like, the Treehouse of Horror is kind of a staple. Now, they have whole episodes that are parodying, like some one of these seasons I saw an X-Files parody, you know, yep. and another season I saw something else. Like, there's a lot of horror adjacency in Simpsons outside of Treehouse of Horror. In fact, a couple of times I was like, is this the one? Because it was like such like a, a parody of a horror movie or a horror adjacent, like, or a TV show or something else, like right there in the title and with the thumbnail image. And so I was like, oh, wait, no, they all have, they all start with Treehouse of Horror, mm-hmm. you know? So I was just like, interesting. So... I don't know. It's just kind of an interesting place to start with someone else's kind of story written rather than a parody of a pop culture reference from more recent memory. That's true. And in this particular episode, I think that there's like, there's some Amityville stuff going on in this episode too. Oh, sure. So I mean, like they, they get pretty like rife with the parody right away. Yeah. And I, we've already talked about anthology so much this October. Right. And we have in past Octobers as well, but this is a really good capper to the month, I feel. so For sure. But um, I know that you may not have seen all of the segments that are on my list. And did you have any favorite moments or quotes from The Raven? I did. And, you know, a lot of these quotes, they're not that great. It's just like the delivery, right? And also about the context, right? And so Bart's complaining that his only line as The Raven is nevermore. Nevermore. And she's like, that's all he'll ever say. 
Nevermore. <laughs> and so that was my favorite quote. I really like the part in this where Homer is speaking in that like poean like language and he's like, Quaff, oh quaff. <laughs> yeah. like, makes me laugh every time. Or anytime they say Lenore, he's like, Lenore. And it's Marge's hair and like multiple paintings on the <laughs> yeah. wall. It's just so funny. I love it. I love it so much. Take thy beak from off my heart and take thy farm from off my door. Quoth the raven. Nevermore. Well, moving on to number nine, which is called The Thing and I. And this is from season eight, and it's the opening segment. That's right. In The Thing and I, uh, Bart and Lisa hear some strange noises coming from the attic while they're sleeping and eventually learn that Bart had an evil twin that Marge and Homer had locked away and sort of fed fish heads and shit. And he gets loose. Right. And it's so interesting to me because this is a really good example of how The Simpsons does play fast and loose with their canon. That's true. Right. And I mean, like this evil twin is never mentioned again. Nope. Right. But right? it's played like it's canon. And again, like, I mean, I can't really think of anything that this is like parodying like right off the bat. But I mean, like horror is kind of rife with like an evil twin motif, right? We see that sometimes in like single white female, even though it's not really her twin, you know, but like. But of course, this has its own Shyamalan twist where it ends up being like, oh, actually, Bart was the evil twin all (laughs) along. (laughs) Dr. Hibbert in this episode is so fucking hilarious to me because he was like, it's so weird that sometimes the left or evil twin or whatever and it turns out that he made a mistake and they end up locking bart in that attic and make him eat fish heads while the evil twin joins the family yeah and starts eating the cutlery or whatever right (laughs) yeah this is also a really really funny segment and i i really like this because um it kind of focuses on the kids a little bit and there are just some really funny like parenting moments and parenting asides that they're saying um yeah, to like to keep it saved our marriage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it saved our marriage. Yes, <laughs> I think I'll bottle feed that one. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite quote from this one? Yeah, I liked I like Homer's delivery a lot. Um, when Bart and Lisa are asking about the attic because they keep hearing noises up there and they've saw, you know, a shadowy figure up there that scared the shit out of them, right? And so they're asking uh homer and he goes <laughs> attic that's funny seriously never go up there <laughs> i like that part because the kids are like asking questions at a mile a minute like what's up there what's up there what's up there <laughs> yeah because he's like what happens to it's like i have four children you know and, and marge is like three <laughs> three like, we have three children <laughs> what is this a veiled threat and of course it comes back to be that <laughs> they did have four children <laughs> i work hard to put food on the table for you four children three we have three children (laughs) i love it right number eight on the list is it's the grand pumpkin millhouse and this is from season 20 so one of the like sort of later episodes and it's the final segment it's also a parody of it's the great pumpkin charlie brown Right. The classic Peanuts Halloween special. Right. right? And they tell you, like, if this uh, offended you or something, then they'll tell you which hotline to call or whatever. And then she does the Charlie Brown adult saxophone voice or trumpet voice or whatever, (laughs) (laughs) which is great. But yeah, this is where Milhouse convinces Lisa to wait for the grand pumpkin on Halloween night. And uh, things get crazy when he arrives. I love The Simpsons because whenever they reference something that's like classically like copyrighted, they always have some crazy name for it, yeah. you know? So like they call like 
part cheesy, part choosy and yeah. stuff like that. And so like, this is really funny to me because it's the grand pumpkin and not the great pumpkin. Yeah. Right. So, and, but everything else in this episode is almost exactly like that peanuts thing, right? All the kids have the same costumes on for the most part. And it's really funny to me when the grand pumpkin actually appears, right? Cause he's like large walking around and, is horrified at the atrocities that people are committing against pumpkins on Halloween. Yeah. And then they're like eating the pumpkin seeds and like unborn children. <laughs> yeah. He was like pumpkin seed. You roast the young. <laughs> I mean, you roast the unborn or something yeah, like that. Yeah. The unborn. Oh my God. Yes. It's so funny. And like when Homer's like carving the pumpkins and he eats Homer and he like takes off the top of his pumpkin head and he's like, ladies to the car. jack <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so funny what's your favorite quote from this one i love it when millhouse has got lisa out there all night and she's missed most of the party and she's she's looking over and getting fomo watching the school with all the people doing their stupid peanut dances <laughs> silhouettes in the windows and she looks at millhouse and goes you owe me restitution <laughs> <laughs> which is the least thing to say yeah because she's playing the sally character in this yeah it's just a really really funny segment and a spoof of something that I love very much. I mean, like every Halloween or spooky season, I always watch the Peanuts episode of It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Yeah. So, and Millhouse needs his due. Like, Millhouse needs to have a bigger place in some of these things. I love Millhouse. Yeah. Next up, we've got I've grown, a, this is number seven, by the way. I've grown a costume on your face. And of course, that's a reference to I've grown accustomed to your face, which is from My Fair Lady, mm-hmm. which is kind of about putting on costumes and, and stuff. But that's, that's right. pretty much where it begins and ends, I think. But this is season 17, and it's the final segment. And so this is where a witch loses a costume contest and transforms everyone into the costumes they're wearing. And it makes me wonder, I, I need to look up the date for September or for season 17 what year that was to see like how it coincides with that Buffy episode. That's right. This is very much like that Buffy episode. Yeah. Right. Also on Fox. So yeah. It'd be this, interesting to see if they were out the same year. That would, that would be really cool. I would like to know that piece of information. So 2005. So it was after Buffy. Oh, okay. So maybe they took a cue from that. Maybe. Although I feel like this kind of storyline is, it's got, it feels like a kind of Ichabody craney type of thing that someone yeah. probably wrote in a penny dreadful somewhere. You know? Somewhere. It I don't know. Of course, this is Halloween, which is a fairly modern holiday as holidays go. Mm-hmm. Right. This is very U.S. centric holiday. You know, so, you know, post 1800s or 1700s. At least Halloween as we know it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. People aren't going into costumes and stuff like going trick or treating and changing into their costumes. Maybe there's some sort of like changing into the demon you're dressed as for some some I was about to say Sam Hain, mm-hmm. Sawin, or whatever you want to call it. I don't know where the origin of that story is. We'd have to look it up. But anyway, this it's a classic story, really. Between this and Buffy, I feel like it's just it's a winner. Yeah, I agree. I kind of like the idea of someone being transformed into what they chose to wear as a costume, yeah. right? And in this particular episode, I mean, like, Homer is going as a decapitated person, so he becomes decapitated. They are all transformed into their costume. Some like it, some don't. Lisa is transformed into... Um, some like it hot. <laughs> Albert Einstein, because of course it's what she went as. But thankfully, Maggie was dressed as a witch, and so she is able to turn them back but instead she turns them all into pacifiers she turns them all into rubber nipples 
It's just a really funny episode, and it's it's a quick segment too, so I kind of like it. It is. Is there any standout moments for you? And this is honestly one of my favorites because it's just so fun to see how each person is transformed and what they were dressed as. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's the the sisters, <laughs> Marge's sisters, that are transformed to the front of a horse and the back, back of a horse, the horse's head and a horse's ass. <laughs> yeah. And and Mayor Mayor Quimby is dressed as Mayor McCheese, like the whole like McDonald's character, and so like dogs are eating him because he turned he's turned into an actual quarter pounder. I yeah. mean, like <laughs> there's a lot of like Rick and Morty kind of stuff going on. In this For episode. real. But my favorite quote, uh, I have two from this one, right? And so um, when the witch first wins, right, she wins the costume contest. And then they are like, you cheated because they find out she's a real witch. (laughs) One of the people from the crowd is like, burn her gift certificate. Congratulations. You have won this $25 Quickie Mart certificate. Before you leave, we'd all like to know which of our beloved regulars you are under that costume. (laughs) Uh, this is a little awkward because I'm not wearing a costume. I'm a real witch. <gasps> <laughs> because yes. she won a gift certificate as the prize. <laughs> <laughs> What's the other one? Uh, the other one is um, <laughs> this one didn't age as well. And that's what's funny to me because Simpsons is so prophetic sometimes, yes. like famously so, right? And so the quote is someone dressed as the subway guy, Jared. Jared. I'm the subway guy, only a little overweight and sexually ambiguous. And as it turns out, he's less ambiguous and pretty fucking bad. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Good segment. Next up on number six, we have the devil and Homer Simpson. This is from season five and it's the opening segment. So in a parody of the, the devil versus Daniel Webster, Homer sells his soul to the devil who is of course, Ned Flanders. (laughs) For a donut, but his soul won't be collected until he finishes the donut. Homer, of course, does when he opens his fridge in the middle of the night and sees the donut that he's kept for some reason. This one piece of it left and has sticky notes all over it. It says, don't eat Homer's soul donut. (laughs) Daddy's soul. Daddy's soul. (laughs) But he does eat it. And so he is, uh, he was, he's given, uh, after some kerfuffles, he is given a fair, a quote unquote fair trial for his soul. That's right. It's quote unquote fair because it is like led by the Grim Reaper and like the jury because, because <laughs> they have that, their lawyer is like, we have to have a few grand rules. First of all, we get bathroom breaks. And Every he's like, minutes, yeah. deal. And he's like, and I get to pick the jury. And he's like, good. <laughs> Whatever. He's like, no. <laughs> and so the jury consists of like Lizzie Borden and fucking Benedict Arnold and <laughs> shit. Yeah. And so, but they end up voting in the favor because his soul is owned by Marge, who That's he right. promised his soul to after he ate their wedding cake before the wedding. <laughs> before the wedding. I like, there's a part in this where the Simpsons's um, attorney Lionel Hutz is starting his opening statements. And he was like, what is a contract? Webster defines a contract as an, as an unbreakable, as an unbreakable, like pact unbreakable. (laughs) And then he takes a bathroom break and doesn't go back. And never, he leaves from the bathroom. So funny. My favorite quote from this one is that by by the end of the episode, he's cursed to be basically be a donut. Mm Mm-hmm. And so he's eating himself. (laughs) And Marge says, Homer, stop picking at it. This is the best I can do. He says, oh, but I'm so sweet and tasty. (laughs) His head's a full on donut. Because that's what (laughs) the devil Ned Flanders says. He was like, let this be forever on your head. I love this. This one makes me laugh a lot. Yeah. 
For number five, we've got Clown Without Pity. And this is the opening segment from season four. So this is a parody of The Twilight Zone's The Living Doll. There's little gremlins thrown in there. Tiny, tiny Tina. Tiny yeah. Tina, yeah, yeah. Talky Tina. Talky Tina. Uh, there's some definitely some child's play in here and some trilogy of terror in here. Um, so Homer forgets to buy Bart a birthday present and he ends up getting a talking crusty doll from this mysterious Asian man who owns a shop. Yeah. And definitely season four because it's the Fu Manchu vibe. Right. It's a little racist. And it's very gremlins. Mm-hmm. Uh, the doll, however, is cursed and repeatedly tries to kill Homer. Turns out it's not cursed. It's just on the evil setting. That's right. You can change it from good to evil. They have to call a whole repairman for that though and he was like oh here's the problem this one's set to evil (laughs) but bart's not hanging out with his toy only homer is for some reason (laughs) and it's like my name's talky tina and i want to kill you but it's of course crusty Mm -hmm. my name's crusty and i'm going to kill you and he goes sweet and then he goes i said i'm going to kill you (laughs) you know so it's just it's fun i love it You have another quote written here, which is my favorite quote from this particular episode. Yeah. So he did say that I'm going to kill you part, but then he also follows up. Hey, I didn't even have to pull the string that time, you know, (laughs) but uh, um, the, the next favorite is um, when Homer is running, (laughs) I think he's caught in the bathtub, right? Kind of nightmare on Elm street ish. Yep. Right. And so he's caught in the bathtub by this thing and he goes naked running through the house screaming and Marge and her sisters are in there. And one of the sisters says, there goes the last lingering threat of my heterosexuality. <laughs> and she eventually turns out to be gay in the series later on. Yeah. And it's so, because she saw Homer naked. Probably. <laughs> this episode I like, well, this segment I like very much because there is so much homage in it to lots of horror around like dolls. Right. Yeah. And giving gifts to your children, gremlins, as we said, because the Asian person like selling the, the cursed object or having that mysterious store which also sells Frogert, right? So there's a whole like space in here where the guy is selling him the doll and he was like, well, the doll comes with a terrible curse. And Homer's like, oh, that's bad. And he's like, but it also comes with a free Frogert. And I was like, good. oh, that's good. And he was like, <laughs> but the Gogurt comes with toppings that have sodium benzate in it. <laughs> and, and then Homer's like, what? And he goes, like, that's bad. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me laugh every fucking time. So for number four, we've got Hex and the City, and that's the opening segment from season 13. So in this one, Homer angers a fortune teller and she curses him. And Homer has to break this curse by trapping a leprechaun. This might actually be my favorite. Okay. Yeah. Just the sounds of a leprechaun are just so (laughs) hilariously bad. Hey, let's make Jerry's a leprechaun. Sing us a song of the Emerald Isle. Oh, tis like the singing of the angels themselves. I mean, how many years have we been friends, right? And for how many of the years have I been going, Yeah, but he's like, he's his sounds of pain and pleasure are all like weird Irish sounds <laughs> that are somehow the Irish accent without actually speaking words. <laughs> and so it's just hilarious, hilariously insulting, but in a fun way. Yeah. I say that way too much, though. Yeah. So my favorite quote is uh, Homer is being cursed. And so it's not cursing him, per se. It's cursing everyone around him. Right. So, like, Marge grows hair all over her body. And, you know, Lisa has, like, you know, horse legs or donkey legs or something. And she can't speak, right? And she can't speak. And um, (laughs) Bart gets 
rubberneck essentially right like he he has no bones in his body or something i don't know what's he's going been on. strangled his neck is like lengthened out yeah so march says to homer you strangle him all the time and that never happens <laughs> like you strangling him all the time is like something so normal to say and then of course like i said all the leprechaun sounds and uh <laughs> i love his when he when they actually end up falling in love with the gypsy right um because it goes poorly and they actually end up falling in love instead of like him being like, I don't know, the antithesis of, of this thing and ending the curse. The curse consent continues and they fall in love. And they all go to this, these people's wedding for some reason <laughs> and, and like they're making out or something. He goes, stroke me clover. Say me name. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of gratuitous when they stroke start like me making clover. out. <laughs> stroke me clover. <laughs> I really like a line from this where he meets the gypsy after she's cursed him. And she's like, how do you like that curse? I cursed you with Kirsty. <laughs> just you know, when I try to rank these things, I have to like also take into account like laughability. Right. And some of these segments just have like so many fucking like one liners and visual gags and things like that. And this is just one of them. This one was a laugh a second. Yes. That's one of my favorite ones because it's just so complete like with it it just doesn't miss a beat like when they are going through that pit where they were trying to catch the leprechaun and they're going through all the different myth- mythological creatures they like yeah. got they're like nymph, the web nymph fairy <laughs> elf <laughs> yeah so funny so number three on the list is time and punishment this is from season six and it is the only middle segment to make an appearance on our top 10 that's true so when homer tries to fix a broken toaster he actually turns it into a time machine where he alters the past and changes the future he must escape a future where ned flanders is the supreme lord and master and that's just one of them this is one of the possible futures he goes back to it's the one they spend the most time with i'd say right and i think that it's funny i mean because like and a lot of Treehouse of Horror segments, they turn Ned Flanders into a bad guy, right? Yeah. Because it's fun. It's fun to do that because he's so, like, Christian and moral throughout most of this, like, the episodes. So this one is on my list because it is my laugh a minute one. Like, I just fucking crack up in this segment so, so much. It's just, the most almost cartoony and innocent of all of them. Yes, so. it, it really is. And probably the like the least horrific out of all of these. It's much more sci-fi. Yeah. Um, but it's just fucking funny because Homer, every time he turns the toaster on, the only place he ever goes back is to dinosaurs, like, you know, prehistoric times. Yes, and it's like, can he not kill something or step on something or sneeze on something? Or Yeah, so, like, he, like, he squishes a bug, right? And he was like, oh, it's just one insignificant bug. Actually, he was like, bug, you go squish now, or something like that. And so he kills a bug, he, like, sits on a fish, he sneezes on a dinosaur, and they all go extinct. I'm gonna pay for this one, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, every time he goes back, it's something different. And so we have this whole, like, Ned Flanders thing, which is very futuristic, very Logan's runny, right? So 1984. Yeah. Yes. And they are all like Ned Flanders is trying to make these people like super happy in the most horrible ways, like giving them lobotomies or, you know, but yeah, like there's so many good Homer quotes in this. It just makes me laugh so much. Yeah. It was very 1984 to me, like the thought police type of situation. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite quote from this one? I do. (laughs) I've gone back in a time when dinosaurs weren't just confined to zoos. <laughs> I fucking love it. My favorite moment, 
possibly in all of the Simpsons oeuvre comes from this particular segment. And Homer comes back to a possible future and he walks into like this lavish mansion. His family is very well dressed. and They're all eating breakfast. I mean, hey. Good morning, Father dear. Hope you're well. Are we taking the new Lexus to Aunt Patty and Selma's funeral today? Hmm, fabulous house, well-behaved kids, sisters-in-law dead, luxury sedan. Woohoo! I hit the jackpot! Marge, dear, would you kindly pass me a donut? Donut? What's a donut? Ah! 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 <gasps> it's raining again. And he has the best fucking Homer scream of all the Homer screams in yeah. the history of The Simpsons. It's impressive. I fucking love it. I was saying it like it made uh, enough to make Shelley Duvall's blush. <laughs> He's like, ah, 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 and like runs out screaming. And as soon as he does, Marge looks outside and it's raining donuts. That was the best place for him. Just fucking love it. For number two, we've got Citizen Kang. And this is from season eight, and it's the final segment. In this particular segment, Homer is abducted by King and Kodos, and he tells them that America will soon have a new leader because they want to find the leader, right? As there is an election approaching. And so the aliens disguise themselves as Bill Clinton and Bob Dole, so they will win the election no matter what and enslave the country. Definitely the most political of all of our entries on the list. It really is. And The Simpsons does not shy away from having their political views being aired, you know, like. That's true. And they kind of made fun of politics in general Mm -hmm. because these are aliens trying to win over crowds just by saying stupid shit. That's right. You know, and one of the times they're like uh, talking about abortion, they're like abortions for everybody. And it's like, boo. And it's fine. No abortions for anybody. And then everyone goes, boo. Boo. (laughs) It's like some of you get abortions. Some of you. I forget what he said. It was something, something funny. Else. And everyone goes, yay. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not the microcosm of American politics today. No. People get angry when other people get stuff now. That's right. I really like this episode for those reasons. I feel like this is like Simpsons, like political parody at its very, very best. It was during an election year. I remember this election year. You know, and like it also has some really good fucking quotes in it. And it really just jabs at American politics and American like American political factionism, you know, like just hardcore. It's just it's so good to me. And also, I really enjoy King and Kodos. We only get to see these characters during the Treehouse of Horror. They're almost in every single one. They are. Yeah. And so, like, the very, very first Treehouse of Horror from season two introduced King and Kodos. And we only get to see them at Halloween time. And they're just funny. So, like, one of them is a a girl, right? And she has a very deep voice, obviously. It's like, this is my sister Kodos. And she goes, hello. You know, it's just like... (laughs) Uh, what are some of your favorite quotes from this? So, uh, I forget what the context was, but it's like, they, they're like, uh, can't you just probe us or something or something instead of like taking us over as slaves or something? I think Homer gets on the spaceship and he goes ahead and pulls his pants down expecting to be rectally probed. That's right. That's right. And so one of the aliens says, stop, we have reached the limits of what rectal probing can teach us. Lies. (laughs) And then when they're politicians, like my favorite one is uh, one of their speeches begins with, 
My fellow Americans, as a young boy, I dreamed of being a baseball, but tonight I say we must move forward, not backward, upward, not forward, and always twirling, 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 twirling towards freedom. <laughs> and the crowd goes wild. <laughs> I too have dreamed of being a baseball. <laughs> I love it. Twirling, twirling towards freedom. <laughs> it just, yeah, it really brings into focus the absurdity of politics. It really does. Uh, one of my favorite quotes from this, and I say this all the time for a variety of subjects, <laughs> Homer comes in and he was like, these candidates make me want to vomit in terror. <laughs> and I just like, it was one of my most oft-used Simpsons quotes. Yeah. <laughs> so finally, we get to our number one choice. And obviously, there are so many segments. They have parodied so many horror movies, a lot of which we have deep dove into here on the Film Flamers. But I think we can all agree that the very best Simpsons Treehouse of Horror segment is The Shinning from season six. It's the opening segment. And this is one of their longest ones, I have to say, the most fleshed out. Yes. And the most well thought after. And it almost has to be by default, even though I don't laugh as much as, as like the the our placement of number four with the leprechaun, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just one of the best parodies throughout. It's not just picking one thing, it's parodying the entire story. That's right. And like it, from beginning to end, especially with the title cards, even they're parodying the shining, not like the story of Stephen King. They are parodying Kubrick's The Shining, including with the title cards. That's right. You know, we forgot we forgot uh, to lock the door. And then they go back, and then Tuesday. <laughs> oh, did you remember to lock the back door? <laughs> and have to go back, and then Wednesday. <laughs> oh, we forgot Grandpa at the gas station. And then they keep driving. <laughs> they just keep going. <laughs> yeah, this really is like, it is like watching the movie in animated Simpsons form. They do not miss a fucking beat. They hit all the major plot points, you know. There are some other, like, parodies. Like, they do A Nightmare on Elm Street and some, you know. And even that seems kind of not as good as this. No, this is kind of their deep dive. Yeah, so this is, like, the ultimate parody of this. And The Shinning is really, really funny, right? It, like, tons and tons of jokes, tons of visual gags, all of which are based on the movie. And I I feel like a lot of people have seen The Shining, right? And they can just get all these references. And so it just makes it so classic. Stay away from me, Homer! Give me the bat, Marge! Give me the bat! Give me the bat! Come on! Give me the bat! Give me the bat! Give me the bat! Um, yeah, she's like, she walks into the room, she's walking up to the typewriter and she's like, what he's written will give me insight into his madness. And it says, feeling fine. <laughs> she's like, well, that's a relief. And then lightning strikes and she sees all the walls have been written over that's with right. no beer and no TV make Homer grow crazy or something. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, what do you think, Marge? All I need is a title. I was thinking along the lines of no TV and no beer make Homer something something. Go crazy? Don't mind if I do! Don't mind if I do! (laughs) Something something. (laughs) Love it. What are some of your favorite lines from this? So uh, when Burns is showing them the hotel, because, you know, he's going to be, Homer's going to be the groundskeeper, right? That's the whole setup. And uh, they see the blood come off the elevator. Hmm, that's odd. 
Usually the blood gets off at the second floor. <laughs> Funny. And of course, the the magnum opus, really, of the, the quotable quotes from this episode is at the end when Homer is out in the snow with his family having chased them. And one of the kids finds like a little TV, the normal character, the groundskeeper, Willie. Groundskeeper Willie has uh, taken with him and dropped in the snow. And so it's playing TV. And so it, you know, appeases Homer. And as soon as he sees it, he goes, teacher, mother, secret lover, urge to kill, fading, 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 rising, fading, fading, gone. (sighs) (laughs) Urge to kill. Mother. Secret lover. Falling. Falling. Rising. <laughs> Falling. <laughs> Come, family. Come sit in front of TV's, warm TV's warming glow or something like that. The warming glow. <laughs> Come sit in front of the warming glow of the TV's warming glow. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, though, they're frozen, just like Jack Nicholson right at the end of that movie. Mm-hmm. And they are stuck holding that TV and watching the Tony Awards, which makes... Homer's urge to kill rise. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, those are the top 10 best segments, but there are a couple that I think are really, really good. And they were really close to, you know, joining this list. They'd be like number 11 and 12 really. Okay. And one of them is called send in the clones. It's from season 14. Um, Homer buys this magic hammock. And when he spins around, he will spit out a clone of himself, right? And so eventually he starts to do this to amass all these clones to do all the chores that Marge wants him to do. So it's he like can just lay in the hammock. Multiplicity. Yes, very much like that. Um, and then there get to be too many clones and they start to become very murderous. And so he like loads them all up into a truck and drives them out to a cornfield and just like leaves them. <laughs> but they start to find their way back and he has to start killing off all his clones. So at the end of it, the last Homer standing may or may not be the real Homer. And I just think that it's incredibly funny. <laughs> uh, the last of my honorable mentions is called The Ned Zone. And it is from season 16. And this is a parody of Stephen King as well. And um, a Cronenberg film. So it's the like the adaptation of The Dead Zone, right? Yeah. So Ned Flanders um, has a head injury and he wakes up. And when he touches people, he can see the future. Very much like The Dead Zone. And he touches Homer and sees himself killing Homer. And he has to like try to stop all that from happening, right? And then as things go on, he realizes that there's more to his vision than he knew about. And maybe Homer is trying to kill him or somebody else, right? So it's just a really, really funny episode. Okay. So definitely check those out and check out all the segments that we have already talked about. And some have just cool titles like Dial M for Murder or Press Pound to Return to Main Menu. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was going to add that one to my honorable mentions, too. In fact, I wrote it down in the notes and then I was just like, I don't know. But that's very Hitchcockian, right? So it's, it's Bart the whole time, like making a deal with Lisa to like maybe do something bad to their teachers. And all he does is like crisscross, you know, like from Strangers on a Train and shit <laughs> like that. So it's like every Hitchcock reference you could possibly put into a Simpsons Treehouse of Horror segment. Including Bart as a raven, but birds. But oh my god, I wish. (laughs) Jesus, we should tippy that shit out. (laughs) 
Guys, we know that The Simpsons is a beloved franchise, and everyone who likes horror has seen at least one Treehouse of Horror episode. And obviously, we would like to know what some of your favorite segments are if we haven't mentioned them. You can do that on social media at The Film Flamers on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can email us at tiredqueens at filmflamers.com or you can call our hotline at 972-666-7733. I'm only a little sexually ambiguous. (laughs) (laughs) Nevermore. Stroke me, Clover. Say me name. Horses, horses, horses. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the last episode on the main feed this October, but we have even more anthology conversations to be had over on patreon.com slash the film flamers. So come over there and join the family and catch this month's bonus episode of Cat's Eye. That's right. Some Stephen King anthology for you. Also, we really need to get those reviews, so head over to Apple Podcasts or iTunes, leave us a five-star review and why you like us, and we will read that on Shooting the Flames. Well, Robert, I'm LaTired. LaSai? LaSai. Do you want to go off and have some... Sweet Sweet dreams? dreams? (laughs) Yes, yes I do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, stroke me, Clover. Say my name. <laughs>